gentlemen, it's time for Coffee and KOs. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Coffee and KOs podcast. Today, we have a special guest. We have Cody Davis from MMA Empire. Cody, thank you for joining us. We really yeah, appreciate it. And uh, we have a really... Um, th- so this is a bonus show. So we're actually going to take out the rest of the year um, by doing little bonus shows to upload for for all you guys uh, to, the, to the end of the year. Um, it's been a wonky year in MMA, but, uh, you know, the UFC normally gives out, um, some like superlatives. So we're going to kind of do our own thing on this show and give superlatives as well. So, uh, we have Cody joining us for this one. We're going to have other, um, MMA influencers, people that follow it to, to kind of do this with us. So I'm super, super excited. This is something we put together yesterday and we're actually really excited we actually got it to kind of turn over and start it today. So really excited to start this, uh, with you guys. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. All right, so the first one, this is one that Steve came up with, and I'm a big fan. I really like this one. It involved some research. Uh, So it took me about, it took me a good while to really look through all the cards and try to remember the fights and what happened on the fights. And I got to say, there was a tough one. Was it, I forget which card it was, but there was a card that I think it was Jones and Reyes. And that fight was like, it was a good fight, but it was like, eh, but then. Like so, that was almost one I thought that could have underperformed. But then you have, I think Zhang Wei Li um, was on the Zhang Wei Li Joanna Yan Jacek fight was on there, and that to me could be fight of the year. So like to me, it couldn't underperform uh, with with that fight on it. So there was a lot I had kind of tussled with um, when making this list. Yeah, well, I think it's notable to just say that throughout all of COVID, there has been a pay-per-view event every month except for one, which is an outstanding job by Dana White. Um, and when you go through the whole list of them, there's just some absolutely star-studded cards that we've had. Even though COVID's taken away some of the great fights, we've still had some solid cards. So it was really tough to to say which ones outperformed, which ones underperformed. Um, but I definitely have my list like ready to go. Yeah, I feel kind of bad like calling a card under, underperforming considering you know COVID and fighters getting sick and you know the travel last minute restrictions and all that like you know there are definitely a lot of cards that were like underwhelming but again with COVID in mind I I don't I feel like I'm dissing a pay-per-view if I'm saying it didn't do well yeah I agree I think that I think what I looked at for underwhelming was not necessarily the people on it but how the card ended up turning out overall as far as the fights um so like for me um I don't know if I want to, yeah, I, all right, I didn't use this one actually, but um, I just want to make sure I wasn't giving mine away. But like, if you look at the, the Adesanya, um, Yoel Romero fight, like if you look at that pay-per-view and that fight specifically, you can almost be like, okay, that, well that underperformed based on the two individuals and you know, you're expecting that fight to be a banger and it was a snooze fest for all five rounds. So I think like that's something that I kind of took into consideration when making my list. Yeah, that was it was definitely what was the hype going into it and did it, did it reach those levels like how far below did it go how far above did it go but also not just the main event but like the undercard too because we had some insane co-mains 
but also just some random like prelims that were just noteworthy and there's just a lot to consider but that was me it was like where did it go from a hype standpoint mm-hmm. yeah so let's let's get into these here because i want to keep these short uh for the fans because this is supposed to be like a quick little little thing here but my so we'll start with overperforming then we'll go to underperforming and then we'll wrap it up with the best overall so we won't give them all away at one shot um so i'll go first my mine overperforming card is UFC 255 Perez versus Figueredo. And to me, I think that maybe it's recency bias, but I feel like a lot of people kind of trash this card going into it, knowing that Figueredo was going to dominate, which he did. Um, I kind of, so my notes here, they say expectations for this card were already low. I feel like when we previewed this card, we're like, okay, well, this is just eh. Like, it's just eh. We already know what's going to happen, right? But we saw Valentina Shevchenko actually lose a round on this card. So she did win the fight and she did dominate the fight. But when's the last time we remember she lost a round? So for me, I thought that was pretty exciting. Um, Mike Perry versus Tim Means. That Everyone thought that Mike Perry was going to come in and knock Tim Means' head off. Then you had the five-pound miss weight um, story. And then it turned out to be a great fight. Tim Means put on a hell of, of a performance. Um, we saw Paul Craig make Shogun tap out the punches. We don't see that often. That, that most likely is the last time we see Shogun in the UFC, especially with the cuts that are going on. Um, and then you had Roy Val, Brandon Moreno, which that fight was electric for the one round it lasted due to the unfortunate dislocated shoulder. But that fight, I mean, I was so hyped for that fight. I mean, I, I was super excited. Whenever you get Brandon Roy Val in there, you know it's going to be a great fight. And Brandon Moreno, same thing. And then you had Joaquin Buckley with another great knockout and kind of really put his name on the map. Like, Because a lot of people thought, okay, that knockout against Impa was a fluke because he had that really bad performance against Kevin Holland, which he did take that fight on short notice. And now he's really looked like a killer. So for me, I thought based on what everyone was saying on MMA Twitter and what really happened that I think UFC 255 overall, it overperformed compared to what people thought it was going to be. Yeah, I, I thought it was a solid card. The only knock that I have on that was that Figueredo Perez, it just ended way too early. And then the same thing went for Moreno Royval, which was just Royval got injured. So we didn't really get to see the full three round fight war that I think a lot of people expected. So those are the only two kind of knocks I had on that. But outside of that, I mean, it was a great card. Well, I think yeah. what I wanted to say with Figueredo is I think that that made people, I think people already knew that he was a killer, right? But people really didn't think about his submission game. And Alex Perez, his his strength is on the ground. Like that's that's where he is most comfortable in his fights. And Figueredo made that quick work. So I think that that's where people are really like, wow, like Figueredo has a shot to be like one of the top pound for pound fighters in the world um, just based on that. And I know Alex Perez maybe isn't a Cejudo or isn't, isn't one of those guys, but I really think Davison Figueredo, if he can make the weight consistently can beat Henry Cejudo. And uh, he's just, he, cause he's so big and so strong for that division. I really think that he is a problem um, for, for the people at the 125 division. Yeah, I feel like we're seeing that a lot this year with all these cards. That's why it's so hard, again, for me to say if, if one underperformed is that, you know, we have fighters like Figueredo. Um, Izzy is getting a lot better this year. We have up-and-comers like Amanda Rebus that are kind of coming out of nowhere and are clearly, like, dominating in so many different ways. So I think um, each card has kind of shown a new up-and-coming fighter, and I think that's why 255 especially was so special. But 
But again, like I, I kind of do agree that, you know, first round knockouts, while really fun, if, it, if, it, if they're a regular thing, it's like, well, was it a great card or not? But again, like a really good fight to watch. Yeah, and I'll, I'll go second on this one. Um, so the one that I had that overperformed the most, I had UFC 250, which was headlined by Nunez versus Spencer. And that one, just to me, like you go in with Nunez versus Spencer and you already know what's going to happen. So the expectations already set there, but that's the same exact card where we had three viral finishes. It was Cody Garbrandt absolutely landing a mega shot on um, Rafael Asuncao. Then you had Sean O'Malley, who just drilled Eddie Wineland, knocked him out. And then you had Aljamain Sterling get his quick round one submission over Corey Sandhagen. So to me... Just knowing what the main event was, you knew it was going to happen, but you were just surprised, and we got a ton of viral finishes in the undercard, which I thought was awesome. So for me, UFC 250 overperformed. I uh, kind of going back to what you said about you know the Figueredo Perez card is I was so excited for the Aljamain Sterling Sanhagen fight, and when it ended that fast, don't get me wrong, I'm an, I'm an Aljo guy, I was super excited, but that fight had the makings to be a war. And it ended so fast, I was like, man, like I wanted that to go three rounds. If that was a five-round fight, I would have been excited. Um, so I was a little upset with that, but I do agree the knockouts on that card were were unreal. Like you said, the Wineland knockout was insane. And then, you know, the, the Garbrandt on a Sun Sal, was, you're still seeing that on highlights um, now. So uh, I, that was actually my number two. So I, I tussled with 255 and 250. Yep. So the one I think overperformed, uh, which I think is actually kind of an unpopular opinion, so brace yourself. But I think UFC 252 was actually a really good card, not because of the main event and the co-main event. I think those were a little underwhelming, given the hype that was going into DC versus Miocic and Sean O'Malley. But those first three fights on the main card, just like watching three fighters just completely beat to their own drum and take their opponent down systemically. Like John Dotson, we saw... Just not get dominated, but was completely contained. He couldn't get into that striking rhythm with that speed that we've all come to know him by. Daniel Pineda just brutally controlled Herbert Burns until he finally gave him with a TKO win. And then Junior Dos Santos, um, you know, he put in a good fight here in the first round or two. But again, just getting completely knocked out was just a slugfest that I think any fan likes to see two heavyweights just go at it in the middle of the octagon. So those three fights, I think, carried the day. And kind of outshined the main event and the co-main event that we're getting all the press at the beginning. And I'll also add that watching DC and Stipe go at it, like, live was a little underwhelming. But when you look at that rivalry in hindsight, I think that fight really captures who these two guys are. They they, they don't, they're very defensive. Stipe knew DC's game coming in. We saw a bit of DC's pure brute strength against Stipe, although clearly, obviously, it wasn't enough to win the fight. But outside of Sean O'Malley's just fluke injury, which I, I don't know what happened there, outside of that injury, I thought this card was pretty solid. Yeah, I think you put uh, you put Marab on any card, and, and I'm a fan of it. So that was a huge yeah. one for him against Dodson. Rosenstrike, you just get another viral knockout in round two there. But yeah, I thought the DC fight um, versus Cor- or they had the DC fight against Stipe was actually a great fight. I mean, it was a little back and forth. You thought DC might have had a chance, but it just kind of went Stipe's way towards the end. Um, but, I mean, it's just 
great watching two veterans like that who know each other's style so well. And I just love like a good chess match. So to me, it might not be great to like the casual fan, but if you love MMA, you like watching that fight. Totally. Oh, yeah. I, I loved that fight. I Just seeing, you know, DC land his patented freaking in clinch elbows on Stipe and Stipe actually not falling. And then, you know, Stipe working the body on a guy so much smaller than him too, which to me is, is incredible. So, um, yeah, I love that. And then DC and then, uh, Stipe throwing down the takedown, a takedown or two or, or pressing the fight against the cage. I mean, like, I think that, you know, that really solidified how great Stipe really is. I mean, going up against someone who obviously a world-class wrestler and really just, out you know stronger and just really pushing him against the cage and controlling the fight kind of took he kind of used dc's game against him in a way and i i love that like for me i think that was that was awesome and dc's a legend so um you know his last fight in the ufc too so uh yeah i i I like that pick as well Mm -hmm. um so if you want we can go in reverse order for the underperforming so i don't have to lead the way every single time yeah cool so underperforming for me, I would actually say UFC 251, not because it's a bad card. It, it was a really fun card to watch. But, you know, with Gilbert Burns, who I was just so excited to see, I, I really th- think that he can knock out Usman. Um, you know, we'll see after he's been out of the game for a while. But, you know, Masvidal going in there and, you know, getting controlled by Usman the entire fight, we all kind of figure what would happen despite the hype. Um you know, the, the, just the brutal beatdown on Jose Aldo by Peter Jan, I thought was just kind of really hard for me to watch. So, you know, I think those two fights, the ones that I was really looking forward to, ended up being kind of, you know, clear-cut victories and not really fun to watch, I thought was kind of underwhelming. Um, you know, the Max Holloway fight was really good, and I, I'm curious to hear your guys' opinion on that. And, you know, do you think, do you think he was robbed or do you think he lost fair and square? But... Um, you know, fun fight to watch, but, you know, given the constant hype and the media coverage of it, I, I just, I don't think it lived up to its expectations. Yeah, that's a, it's a good point with the Masvidal Usman fight. It's just when it's short notice like that, he, yeah. didn't, he cut weight, like he's dropped like 20 pounds in like two weeks. You knew it was going to happen. He took the money yeah. fight, which is fine, but you know, I give him a full camp and that's a much different, um, outcome, but well, maybe not much different outcome because it's Usman. But yeah, I was about uh, to say like I, I like Masvidal, but I you know I don't see him beating Usman. Yeah, so we kind of all knew, and when Camaro fights, like the Colby fight was very entertaining. But outside of that, he's just like that controlling guy against the cage, takes you down. It's a boring fight, so I, I would have to agree. Um, the Holloway Volkanovski fight, though, yeah, that it was super back and forth. I think in our heads that we kind of like built it up so much, but it was just so defensively fought like Volkanovski never really took any major chances um was that the fight that he he was defending at that point right yeah, yeah. and Volkanovski won yeah he lost that damn fight <laughs> Dude, Max okay, you won gotta, that you, fight you, you gotta take that belt and it and Volkanovski had the belt so you know I get the sentiment and if it was not a championship fight Max would win but you know in my opinion you know GSP beat Hendrix you know Volkanovski beat Max if you want the belt it's got to be clear-cut my, my take yeah. is, the and we talked about this on one of our shows, the scoring, in my opinion, it, it's what was the biggest moment of that fight? Biggest moment of the fight was when Max knocked down Volk and nothing else happened the rest of the fight. I mean, it was, it was, that was it. And to me, like Volk didn't do anything else. Like I, I understand. I do agree. Like I think if Max wanted to win the fight, you got to Like to me, you shouldn't let the fight go to the judges, but if I'm a judge and I'm looking at that fight and I'm saying, okay, well, 
the biggest moment of the fight was when Max knocked down Volkanovski and nothing else happened. Like, that was it. Like, Volk was on the defense of the whole time, kind of same as Max. And for me, like, to me, there needs to be something said about the fact that Max Hot had the, the highlight of the fight. Nothing else happened. Like, to me, that, that warrants a, a win, in my opinion. And I like both guys, so I didn't. I wasn't really heartbroken by, you know, Max losing. And, I, you know, I, I like both. But I just, I don't know, for me, like, I was I was a little upset because I'm like, Volk didn't do anything. Like, if you're the champ, I feel like, yes, if you want to beat the champ, you got to, you know, you have to have a hell of a performance. But if you're going to defend the title, I feel like if you're going to defend the title, like, you need to run through guys. And he didn't do it. Like, he didn't do that. It was, it was an underwhelming performance by him, really by both guys. But Max, you know, had the highlight of that fight. And I think that's kind of what bothered me a little bit. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a tough one. People will be debating that for a long time. Forever. Which is sad. Holloway is just he, everyone loves Holloway, and uh, Volkanovski's not getting a ton of credit now. Yeah, I feel that it's a it's a fair point, you know, and that's why I wouldn't be overly upset at all if there was another rematch, you know. So I think it did, you know, Max does warrant a rematch, but you know, a total win. I I just feel like if this wasn't Max Holloway, it wouldn't be that much of a of a you know debate because he's such yeah. a fan favorite. I think that Brian Ortega is going to run right through Volk, in my honest opinion. <laughs> so, especially if he wears that huge ass cup again. <laughs> All right, I'll uh, I'll take the second one here. So, underperformed. It's the very first card of 2020. It's UFC 246. It's Conor McGregor. Don't at me, Conor McGregor fans. It's Conor oh, McGregor versus don't Donald you do this. Peroni. Two years we waited for Connor to come back. The hype was being built up, and we didn't know was he going to have ring rust? Was he going to have to shake that off? A lot of people thought, like Cerrone, if he took it to the ground, he was going to have a legit chance. So we build this whole thing up, and then we just have it end within a minute from shoulder strikes. And I'm just seconds. like, come on. Yeah, 40 seconds it took and for Connor McGregor. And then he leaves, and we still have to wait another full year for him to come back. So it's just so far and few between when we get to see him fight. And for it to be built up like that and go the way it did, I just I don't see it any other way. So I know the Connor fans will definitely come after me, but that was underperforming to me. Well, it looks like the Connor McGregor fans aren't going to be fans of the Coffee and Chaos podcast because that was also my underperforming card of 2020. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's how you know we're boys, Steve. Because I had I had I had the same thing. You know, Connor just absolutely destroyed Cowboy, which. I'm a huge Cowboy fan. Cody, I don't know how often you listen to the show, but I say it all the time. Paul Felder and Cowboy, two favorite fighters all time. No, like, I will take them any day. I will ride or die with them. I had Paul Felder. You know, I wanted him to be RDA. Like, that's just, those are my guys. They've always had, they always have been. And I knew that this wasn't going to fare well for Cowboy. I mean, it's, you know, Cowboy's at the tail end of his career. Yes, maybe back in his heyday, more well rounded fighter, but. Always well-rounded doesn't always mean you're going to have the advantage. And McGregor is just a pure striker and always going to have the advantage against Cowboy in that in that you know in that facet of MMA. Um, but I also I also said the other fights weren't appealing on that on that card. You know, Holly Holm wrecked Raquel Pennington. That was that was a boring fight. Then you had Alexi Olenek beat Maurice Green. Maurice Green is a schlub. And then you had uh, the only highlight on the card was Roxanne Modafferi beating Macy Barber. That was the only other thing on that card that was super exciting, which I, I loved every second of it. 
then that, and was, that it. was Macy Barber. She got hurt, right? That yeah, was yeah. She like tore, she ACL. tore ACL mid fight, so. but she was still losing that fight before she tore ACL. Like she was getting battered by Roxanne. But that that was the only other thing. Like that was the only other fight that was exciting. I looked at all these fights and I'm like, wow, this card for a Conor McGregor card, this card was terrible. There was nothing on it. Like there was it was it was garbage. Yeah, I got strong like uh, McGregor Aldo like flashbacks when I got that. You know, saw that fight. Quick story, like um, the first fight I ordered in a while, like because I, I usually don't order pay per views a whole lot, but I finally ordered one because I was so excited for that McGregor Aldo fight. And oh, yeah. that, thirteen that seconds. Shit, that shit happens, and then I just like you know I'm an MMA fan through and through, but like for a solid month, I'm just like, why the fuck do I keep buying these pay per views? Yeah, well, seventy five dollar pay per views. I, yeah. I told well, I was living at home at the time, and I was like, I had buddies over. Mom, Dad, we gotta buy this. We gotta buy this. And my dad's like, man, I wasted all because my dad back in the day would buy all the Tyson fights, and oh, it yep. would be this, it would be the same thing. And he's like, man, I just did it again. <laughs> Spent all that money, and then you lose it just that quick. But see, for me, being an MMA fan, and at the time, you know, Conor McGregor was my guy. Um, I loved every second of it. For you know, that thirteen seconds was well worth it. I felt like because it like. At the time, Conor McGregor was was here, and there was just no one touching him. I mean, he was Mike Tyson of MMA for for that time he was there on that run. So um, that is still one of the greatest moments of UFC history, especially with Jose Aldo, freaking goat. I mean, he, he's one of the best to ever do it. So um, that was that was great. I loved it. Um, all right, so yeah, my, that was my underperforming. Um, my best overall pay per view was actually UFC 251. I actually enjoyed UFC 251. Um, first off, you have the three title fights. How often does that happen? Um, I thought that the the Jorge Masvidal 20-pound weight cutter, whatever it was, was an awesome story. Um, yes, he got dominated, but he had flashes in that fight where it wasn't bad. Um, I also... That was when Coffee and Chaos was actually born, uh, was actually during that card I created the account... And I had a good tweet that went out, and it was a guy on in leg cast because or foot cast because because uh, uh, Usman kept doing the foot stomps on Mosfidal, so that that was a that was kind of when Coffee and Chaos was born, um, and yeah, I, I thought that that was great. The three title fights, I thought the Vulcan Holloway fight, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't really the best fight, but because you, it comes out with the controversy de- controversial decision, I feel like. That's something like Steve says going to be talked about forever because you know if Max retains, that's a huge story. Instead, Volk got his first defense. I, I thought that was great. Um, you had Jan versus Aldo, which I didn't hate the fight. Yes, I, I, you know I think that we kind of saw an emergence of a star in Piotr Jan. Um, although I don't know how he matches up against Aldo or or against Aljo. Um, and then you, I don't, I don't know if I think people forget, but Rose Namajunas versus Andrade, that was a hell of a fight. That was a great fight. Um, kind of a revenge fight for Rose after she had lost to, to Jessica Andrade. And then you had Jiri Prochaska, that's Steve's guy. Uh, he, yep. he puts himself on the map with a knockout against, uh, Vulcan Uzdemir, which I mean, to me, like that's, he hasn't fought since then, but that's like the fight that really put his name on the map. And now he's, you know, one of the top light heavyweights. And then it was Paige Van Zant's last fight in the UFC, which is something to maybe be sad about, but something to be memorable. Uh, so I don't know. I thought overall, you know, whenever you have three title fights on a card, um, you know, I know that the, maybe they weren't the best fights, but, you know, I think the the George story alone I thought was pretty cool. And uh, 
and yeah, I, th- I thought you know the other fights weren't weren't bad. They all at the end of the day, the outcomes I think uh, were were pretty good. So I, I enjoyed that card. Yeah, I think even though you know the title fights don't live up to the the hype, the expectations, still seeing that star power like back to back to back, like that is still like a sight to see. So, um, and it's fun that like you know someone might not like the card, but maybe you like it. Like that's what's cool about MMA. Everyone's a little bit different. Yeah, well, all my friends were like, "This card was terrible," because we we were all we all got together and watched that one, and I was like, "I don't know what you guys are talking about." Like, I've loved every second of this. Like, you know, you have cards like the Conor McGregor card where there's no one on it, and then you have this card where you have the top guys in the world on the card. Like, maybe it's not the best fights, but you're watching the best in the world do it, and some that's why those fights turn out that way sometimes, though, because those guys are the best in the world. Like Kamaru Usman knows. If I stay standing with with George Masvidal, I I'm at a disadvantage. Like to me, I love that aspect of MMA. Like it's a clash of two styles and who's got the better style? I mean, typically the wrestler usually wins, but for me being a fan, like I love that. I love the the clash of styles and um you know, you kind of saw, you know, Piotr Jan, no one knew how he was going to fare against a guy super well-rounded because he's a boxer, but he looked he looked great and I I just I don't know. I, I love that. And when, like you said, Steve, whenever you get the, the star power on a card, it's just that's something I just can't overlook. Three title fights on a card to me is, you know, that that's everything a, a fan can ask for. Yeah, the storylines for that card were amazing. It's It was a good card. I don't I'm not trashing that card at all. I just, you know, maybe it didn't live up to the hype in the octagon. But hey, like I loved watching, you know, that Volk fight and watching Amanda Rebus just like destroy Paige Van Sant. So, you know, good card. Yeah, no. Hey, I, I'm not trashing your picks either. I love. Oh, I know. I, I love the debates. I, I think it's great, and that's why I think it's funny that we. I love doing this because I think it's great. All right. So for my best pay per view overall, and it might not be a, a popular one, um, but UFC 253, which was Izzy versus Paulo Costa, um, to me personally, just watching Israel Adesanya just completely destroy the cocky blown up balloon as he's called Paulo Costa was just incredible for me to watch especially coming off of the Yoel Romero fight where he took a ton of backlash because he didn't do anything except for the leg kicks in that fight and he comes out against an equally dangerous opponent and just destroys him puts on an absolute clinic so for me that was just super fun to watch and then you got the little bit of the antics afterwards which just um, went completely viral which was hilarious um, but the co-main was Jan versus Reyes, which, again, didn't really live up to the expectations. But it was just a, a fun fight to watch that, just knowing that a, a light heavyweight contender or two contenders were going at it and there was going to be a new champion for, you know, it's been a long time since there's been a new champ. And to watch Jan get that, uh, that's just a great story to watch him just be a champion. He's just a great guy. He's been around forever. So I thought that was a really fun fight. Um, but the kicker for me was that was the Brandon Royval versus Cara France fight, which oh, yeah. was just an absolute war. It was just one of the funnest fights that I think I've seen in 2020, and it really just shot Brandon Royval into you know into space with that one. He just took off, and now he's a, a legit top-five contender. So I thought that was a super fun fight, and uh, just those three fights in particular were just enough to give me the best best overall yeah, I can't disagree. I think anytime you have Izzy on a card and then he puts on a performance like he did, I think that uh, let, that itself can almost make it for best overall card just because he is just 
he's just incredible. Like the way that he strikes and his, his, he's just growing. Like he's, he's growing into, he's still growing into one of the best. And, you know, I think, I think the sky is really the limit for him. Like, I think that he can win another belt in another division. And so like, I agree. And then, like you said, I I really love Jan Blahovich. Um, he's been around forever. So to finally get it and against a guy that, you know, he was a huge underdog to get it against a guy like Dom Reyes, who took the fight to John Jones was super exciting. But yeah, the, the Roy Vall, uh, Roy Vall fight was unreal. I, I think if that fight would have lasted all three rounds, it could have been a fight of the year candidate. Like that fight yeah. was, was unreal for the minute for the, for the first round that it lasted. So my best overall card, I got UFC 254, strictly for Khabib's performance and the way he went out. Just watching Khabib just flawlessly wrestle, grapple, put the submission on Justin Gaethje, who, as we all know, is a really great fighter, and he's going places. Like Just watching Khabib go out like that, one of his best performances, I think, and I think will be one of the memories of 2020 we look back on. You know, It's just an amazing way to end Khabib's career, potentially. So, you know, like I, you know, I like, I like Justin Gaethje a lot, but I love Khabib and I just love how he carries himself, what he does for the sport. And just to go out with a bang that way, as opposed to other stars like BJ Penn or Anderson Silva that just fall off or go out horribly like Jose Aldo. I'm really glad Khabib, you know, beat his own drum, went in with his game plan and just couldn't be stopped. It was just a sight to behold. Yeah, he and he actually was striking for a little bit in that fight, and he looked really good. Yeah. And that's what makes him so dangerous, too, because when he starts striking and then you kind of maybe forget about the takedowns, and then he shoots for it, gets the submission. Um, that was just an absolute statement win, and you just it just shows how far above the competition he really is, um, considering Gaethje is the, the next best fighter in that division. Um, and then the Whitaker-Cannonier fight was still really fun to watch, even though Whitaker was pretty one-sided, but Cannonier never really gave up. Kenner uh, came back at the end of that at the end of that fight though. If that would have went one more round, I think that Cannoneer might have started because Whitaker was was kind of fading a little bit, and Cannoneer was landing some big shots in that last round. That fight yep. gets written off way too. That fight got written off because of I think because of you know the Khabib story, but that fight, especially that third round, was incredible. Yeah, totally. And then also just quick shout out to Miranda Maverick. That was her UFC debut win, and she just put on a clinic. And that, that was a, a her nose was all messed up, and there was just no way she was going to continue. I forget who her opponent was, but that was a huge win for Miranda. I couldn't. Yeah, that was that. right after your podcast with her, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I couldn't pick that card um, just because of the two o'clock start time. That, <laughs> that yeah, that made me mad. Um. But no, like you guys were saying about Khabib, you know, the craziest thing, if that's Khabib's last fight, that was the best version of Khabib we've seen. The the, the striking, obviously his wrestling's dominant, and the pace that he pushed, so he's always pushes a crazy pace, but the pace that he pushed and the pressure that he, he asserted on Gaethje was something that was just remarkable. I think that was the best version of Khabib that we've seen. And if that's his last fight, like, that's incredible for me. A lot of times we see guys on their last fight, like, still good, but not that level good. And, uh, yeah, it was incredible. And like like you guys said, the story, let alone, I mean, that's that's one of the greatest moments in UFC history, not just 2020. Just if he, That's what I think he really needs to retire because, in my opinion, I think that's the greatest moment ever. And I do – I agree. Like, he's got a lot more fight in him, but there is no one in that division touching 
touching Khabib. It's just, I mean, he's just too dominant of a wrestler. And now if you add striking into it, no one stands a chance. Um, I think the only people, the only person that people gave a chance was really Tony because of his awkwardness, um, really, and his length. But his even cardio, so, yeah, yeah, even even so, like I still once Khabib grabs a leg or whatever, gets it to the ground, that's it. I mean, there, there's no, there's no escaping. And to to see to see Khabib smother guys to the point where they are helpless, they have no idea what to do. Dustin Poirier has a wrestling background. You know, it's not Khabib level, but wrestling background. Dude was was lost. It was like he was in quicksand, had nowhere to go. Same thing with Justin Gaethje. I mean, it was just remarkable. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. All right, and that was our 2020 overperforming, underperforming, and best overall pay-per-view. We hope you guys enjoyed this. You guys, please give us a share on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you you listen, you can listen to us on on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. This clip most likely will also make its way to YouTube, where you'll be able to check it out. Um, you can follow us on Facebook. We're everywhere, guys. We are everywhere. Check us out. Also, thank you to Cody Davis for joining us for this show. You can check him out on MMA Empire. It's a blog, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. So essentially, it's kind of a blog site that is strictly for Canadian amateur fighters. So, and occasionally a UFC fighter from Canada. So. If you're into the fighters of tomorrow and what goes behind the scenes for these fighters just making the jump to UFC or Bellator, check it out. Awesome. And so make sure you guys go check that out as well. Cody, we thank you for joining us. Um, Hope to have you back on doing more shows. This was great. Um, Thanks again. And everyone, make sure you guys please go check us out. Give us a five-star rating everywhere. Give us thumbs up. Let's uh, let Coffee and KOs be known to the world. And we will see you guys next time. (laughs) 